I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to episode 31 in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible Study video series, New Testament Gospels. For those viewers just joining the series, I urge you to watch the opening few minutes of episode 29 for a discussion of the Koine Greek or New Testament Greek origin of the I Am declarations. In this episode, I complete my discussion of the third I am, I am the bread of life, which leads into the fourth example, I am the living bread, then take up part one of a discussion of the fifth example, I am the light of the world. At the end of the episode, I will point out where material used in this presentation appears in the AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of John, annotated and illustrated. In part two of the I Am the Bread of Life declaration, you will hear statements that lead to the fourth I Am declaration, I Am the Living Bread, a reprise of the I Am the Bread of Life saying in verse 48. And Jesus' explanation of his relationship to the Father and of himself as the only path to the Father and by extension to salvation and eternal life in the kingdom. The time is days after the feeding of the 5,000 in the spring of 29 AD. The place is a synagogue at Capernaum on the northwest shore, the Sea of Galilee or Sea of Tiberias. We begin again with verse 35, but with a reminder for context that the Jews said to him in verse 34, Lord, give us this bread always. Throughout this sequence, the illustration continues to be the 6th century icon of Christ Pantocrator. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. In episode 30 in John 6.34, John quoted Jesus' rejection of the Hebrew claim that manna, the mysterious substance from heaven which fed the Jews during their years of wandering, and which Moses identified in Exodus 3.15, saying, This is the bread the Lord gives you to eat, was given by Moses. Jesus clarifies the issue, pointing out that the manna came from God the Father. In the verses I just read, Jesus has explained that he has come down from heaven to do the Father's will and not his own will, and that all who see and believe in him may have everlasting life and be raised up at the last day. In their literal-minded, legalistic way, the Jews did not understand. In this next group of verses, the illustration is Christ Pantocrator with a seraphim and saints 
from a 12th century apse mosaic at the Basilica of Cefalu in Cefalu, Sicily, built in the Byzantine style under the sponsorship of Roger II, the first Norman king of Sicily. I continue St. John's account, starting at verse 41. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? In John's account of Jesus' reply, Jesus rebukes them politely, repeats his statement in verse 40 concerning being raised up the third day, repeats his I am the bread of life declaration in verse 48, and also makes for them a connection between the manna of the Old Testament and the essential doctrine of how salvation is to be found in the New Testament, and in verse 51, speaks the even more clear and more bold fourth I am declaration. The citation is from the prophets is Isaiah 54, verse 13. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. John observes in verse 52 that the Jews, quote, quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Before we as Christians judge harshly the confusion this set of verses caused among the Jews, we should remember that this pronouncement happens long before Jesus instituted the sacrament of Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, as recounted in John 13. And obviously they did not know the context of his propitiatory death upon the cross, as recounted in John 19. The answer Jesus gives to their question speaks Christian doctrine concerning his relationship with the Father, or Abba in Aramaic, and the spiritual meaning of two I am sayings the bread of life in verse 35 and 48, and the living bread in 51. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. 
He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he, he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your father ate the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. In Jesus' reply, the Jews have heard again from Jesus that he is the new and true manna, sent from heaven to nourish the faithful. He is saying, in effect, that the old covenant, begun with the promise to Abraham and continued through successive leaders of the Hebrew people, which is the meaning of his reference in verse 58 to the fathers who ate manna and are dead, has been replaced by a new covenant, offering eternal life to those who, following belief in him, as the Son of God may attain eternal life. The illustration is a detail of a mosaic in the form of a frieze showing Christ seated upon a throne blessing a procession of martyrs at the Basilica of St. Apollinaire Nuovo, Bravenna, Italy, built in the first quarter of the 6th century. The fifth example of the divine I am declarations, I am the light of the world, in John 8:12, leads to two lesser I am declarations, which I will discuss in episode 32. The time is just after the Jewish Feast of Pentecost, or Feast of Weeks, in late 29 AD, after Jesus' forgiveness of the adulterous woman in John 8, 3-11, which will be discussed in episode 45. The timeline in the New King James Study Bible does not show any events in the Synoptic Gospels taking place at or near the same time. The location is moved from the Sea of Galilee in the previous declaration to the Temple at Jerusalem, about 20 miles west of the southern end of the Jordan River, where it flows into the Dead Sea. The audience is a group of scribes and the ever-present watchers, the Pharisees. The context of the dialogue is the same as the mo most of the previous encounters, that is, the identity of Jesus and his right to assert his relationship to the Father. St. John recorded this bold statement in verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The illustration is one of the most famous artistic representations of this I am declaration, the light of the world, a mid-19th century oil on canvas by English painter William Holman Hunt from the collection of the Manchester Gallery of Art, Manchester, England. I do not believe it is possible to overstate the importance of the I Am declarations considered as a title of God and the same as I Am the Existing One spoken to Moses in Exodus 3, 13 and 14. Instead of the customary discussion directly following a quotation, I want to take the balance of this episode putting the I Am the Light of the World declaration in the context of the writings of St. John the Apostle, evangelist and theologian, focusing on his gospel, his first epistle, and the book of Revelation. 
but also on St. Luke's Gospel, especially his theme of Jesus as the light who came into the darkness of the world, and how each of these themes has been treated in previous episodes and will be treated again in remaining episodes in this series. In episode 27, I explained the uniqueness of the Gospel of St. John and referred to several declarations that John offered readers in his prelude or prologue. There is this from the fifth and sixth declarations. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I will discuss St. John's focus on the theme of light versus darkness and other unique details in the Gospel of St. John in episode 39 and episode 40. The illustration, Christ setting the moon and the stars, is a detail from the creation mosaic in the creation dome at the Basilica of St. Mark in Venice, Italy. Much earlier in the series, in episode 13 on the Gospel of St. Luke, I discussed the prophecy of Zacharias, which is known in the church as the Benedictus Canticle, on the same theme from Luke 1, 78-79. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. The illustration is a late 20th century fresco of Zacharias at the Greek Orthodox Church in the Christian quarter of Jerusalem. And also from St. John's introduction of St. John the Baptist as witness of the light, which is Christ from the prelude in episode 27 and which concludes in verse 9 with an unambiguous theological declaration. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. The illustration is a detail from an oil-on-panel altarpiece, the first of three painted by Matthias Grunwald between 1512 and 1516 for the Monastery of St. Anthony, Eisenheim, Germany, from the collection of the Musée de Unterlinden in Colmar, Germany. In chapter 9, verse 5, St. John reports Jesus again saying of himself in the context of the healing of the blind man, which will be discussed in two parts in episode 38 and 39, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In the Greek New Testament, the two I am's are printed as divine I am declarations. The illustration is again William Holman Hunt's The Light of the World. In 1 John 1, verses 5, 6, and 7, St. John writes once again on the theme of his light versus the darkness and how Christians should respond to it. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of 
Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all from sin. The theme of Jesus as light appears again in St. John's vision of the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, verses 23 and 24, writing, The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. The illustration, the New Jerusalem, is one of the 51 illuminations in tempera and gilt on vellum from the Bamberg Apocalypse, an early 11th century manuscript of Revelation, as it was used in our bookstore publication, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation, and in episode 27 of the companion Bible study series of the same name. I hope you found this brief diversion helpful in providing the full context for the I Am the Light of Life declaration in John 8.12. One final point for this episode. Traditional Christians cannot ignore the threat posed by the self-labeled reformers within and outside the church. Criticism of the Gospel of St. John, especially the heavy emphasis he placed on the I Am declarations, is an essential part of what I call the blank slate strategy, which begins with their attempt to discredit the witness of St. John as the writings of an elderly and possibly not mentally competent man. Other parts of the strategy are denial of the authenticity of the witness of St. Paul, or the legitimacy of many of his epistles, removal from the canon of all material which does not appear in all three synoptic gospels. And finally, that accomplished acceptance of the hypothetical Q gospel for which there is no evidence. The end result of the blank slate strategy would be the creation of a new message not founded on apostolic tradition. The illustration is the opening page of the Gospel of John in Latin from the late 9th, early 10th century Athelstan Gospel from Cotton Manuscript Tiberius A, Roman numeral 2, folio 162R in the British Library, London, England. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode and not previously mentioned are available on our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, where you'll find seasonal and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, podcast versions from the podcast archive page, and through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page, access to information about all AIC bookstore publications. Items of interest for episode 31 are from the seasonal video series The Great O Antiphons, an office with one service each for the last seven days of Advent. The theme word for December 22nd is O Orions, or Dayspring. From the Christian Education video series The Lives of the Saints, from the first series, St. John is the focus of episode 4, John the Baptist of 10, and St. Luke of 15. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, 
the Gospel of John, annotated and illustrated. The I am the light of the world declaration is discussed in chapter 8. From Layman's Lexicon, words and phrases of interest are Abba, Benedictus, Father, I am, Manna, Maundy Thursday, Pantocrator, and Tithe, which is a variation of parallelism. In Revelation, an idealist interpretation, the illumination of the New Jerusalem, the subject of Revelation chapter 21, is found on pages 173 to 182. The writing prophets of the Old Testament, Isaiah, is discussed and illustrated in part 2, chapter 2, on pages 13 to 20. Finally, there is Father Ron's blog, accessible using links at the top and the bottom of each page. Entries usually include an illustration. The direct URL address is www.anglicaninternetchurch.net right slash blog with blog in lowercase letters only. On this page, by clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right-hand column and afterward entering your email address, you can receive notice of each new posting from our site host, wordpress.com. We do not share information or mailing lists with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for Episode 31. Next time in episode 32, I return to the text of the fifth I Am Declaration, I Am the Light of the World, in John 6.35, going on to the sixth I Am Declaration, I Am from Above, and part one of a discussion of the seventh declaration before Abraham was, I Am, including the sharp discourse between Jesus and the Pharisees and scribes over his identity and his right to call God Father. The climactic verse, John 8, verse 58, will be discussed in episode 33. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.